right, getting closer to the fire. There you go. It's always good. Let's get started this evening. Those that are joining online, uh, we welcome you to church this morning, or this afternoon, this evening. It's been a long day, hasn't it? Uh, we're going to sing an old hymn with the church when we all get to heaven, so we're going to ask you to stand this evening, and uh, we're going to jump right into worshiping the Lord this evening.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you for touching this morning, Lord. Your healing power is evident. We pray that you will continue to abide and help us, Lord, to do as you have us to do. Have the minister say the words you would have us to hear tonight, Lord. Bless him and anoint him. Continue to abide with each of us. We ask this in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's remain standing this evening and sing this old uh, praise chorus of the church. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let's worship.
this place today. Lord, we pray that you would be with us in the secrecy of this moment, Lord. Lord, and we pray today, Lord, that you would inhabit the praises of your people. God, that our worship would be a sweet aroma and an incense to you tonight. Father, we worship you. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a
worship you. Lord, we are just so thankful for your presence we feel in this place this evening. Lord, it is a sweet, sweet spirit we feel in this house today. So thank you.
that tonight do you thank the Lord for everything that he's ever done for us father we come before you now in the matchless name of Jesus Christ to make our petitions known to the Lord God as we get ready to segue in this portion of our services tonight to spend time in your word and to study your word effectively to the best of our knowledge and our ability I pray, God, you would be with the man of God for the hour, the one that is going to convey what thus saith the word of the Lord. Lord, I pray for all nerves, all, all tendencies of apprehension, fears to all subside. But God, with humility of heart and authority of voice, I pray you would take Hold from the altar of heaven and anoint the vessels, lips of clay, 
and let him not be seen but you be magnified in this message today we forever give you the praise the glory and the honor that is due your name in the name of Jesus we pray and ask these things the people of God together said amen amen you may be seated briefly for a moment let me make mention to you a couple things don't forget the Christmas uh, for kids December the 11th 11 to 1 also don't forget Christmas church party Christmas party for the church December the 11th fish fry at 5 p.m. Uh, and all of that going on tonight we have a special treat for you today uh, brother Andrew that helped us with communion on Tuesday night as well as uh, been around helping with baptisms and things like that uh, he is studying to be a chaplain uh, in the military and um, and so uh, he has to every so often I didn't drink out of this this is yours by the way uh, just didn't want you to get afraid of that uh, I gave you a clean one um, I took mine away um, not that you know you should fear that but just let you know but uh, but uh, he has so many things with his program and his ministerial uh, uh, credentialing process with the Church of God that he has to do. One of those requirements is every so often he has to he has to be an orator of the word. He has to he has to be able to speak the word of the Lord because you never know when he has to maybe lead a chapel service or lead, and he's got to be the man of the hour and be the pastor to those those men and women uh, uh, wherever they may be stationed at the time. But that being said. Uh, I felt like that uh, there's no safer place to do it than at home, your home church. I mean, who's going to love you better than home people? And um, and so, uh, and I thought you'd love it because you didn't hear from me. It's a great win for everybody, right? You know, everybody gets to win today. And uh, and so we're so honored uh, to have him as our guest speaker tonight. Uh, I want you not to treat him like you would treat me. I want you to treat him better than you would treat me. Uh, because if you treat him any better than you treat me, then he's going to leave here tonight being one blessed man. And uh, he's going to know that. So can we give a Santee Circle welcome to uh, Andrew as he brings the word of the Lord tonight. God bless you, sir. He's a special man. I'm not a microphone kind of guy, especially when I can't quite hear. First, I'd, uh, I just, I am grateful and I'm honored for Bishop Vaughn, also Pastor Vaughn, also Jonathan. Uh, we grew up together in Ridgeville, right? So I consider him a buddy, I consider him a friend, but I also consider him a mentor. Uh, it's crazy, we're the same age, and he's, I feel like, you know, he talks about moving from milk to meat. Paul talks about that in the Bible, right? I, I'm not drinking milk, but I'm not chewing on a T-bone yet. I'm somewhere eating some overnight oats, right? And so... Anytime he offers some steak, I definitely, I, I take as much of it in as I can, right? And I know you all do as well. So, Jonathan, thank you. And to the church, thank you so much. It is, when he said Sunday night, I was like, that's where the core group of people are, right? So I can I can speak what God's given me, and then afterwards, you guys can all tell me, hey, well, if you work on this or if you work on that, it would be a little bit better. So I, I just want to, um, so if you want, John, uh, Pastor, if you could flip to the next one. Uh, so if you brought your Bible tonight, that's where we're going to go. Um, real quickly, but before we do, I just wanted to say one more prayer, just kind of ask God to anoint me, so if you'll stand uh, with the word, we'll pray one more time. Your grace, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, for it's, I am not worthy, Father, to stand here behind this pulpit or, or even in front of others and tell them how to live their lives, God, but because of you, Father, and because of what you've done, 
Lord, I'm worthy to proclaim your good news. Father, anoint my lips and just allow me to continue to hear you and the Holy Spirit, Father, and say what you have to say tonight. We praise you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bible, so if John 1, 14, all right? So I, tonight, you guys got to bear with me. Um, we're going to jump all over the, we're going to jump kind of all over the word. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll start here. So if you have your, your, your sword of the spirit, which we learned about this morning, right? Or if you have your love letter, which I'm going to talk about, um, don't let it go far from you tonight. Hang on to it, right? Because we're going to try to jump through it. Uh, so there in John 1:14, right? So when the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right. Amen. You may be seated. So I also, uh, I, I know some of you, please don't judge me, but I like the, the New International Version of the Bible, right? So that's what I've been kind of using at school because I feel like it, it it's close to the King James. It's close to the word truth, but then it also is, gives a little bit easier meaning for especially for us Army folk, right? Because a bunch of the Army guys, they... They're not quite in the same level as sailors, but they're, they're, if words are easier to understand, they're easier to understand, right? And so in John 1.14, right, the word became flesh, all right? So just keep that in, the, in your mind as we move forward. Uh, so as I was praying about tonight, and I don't know if, if it's, on, if it's on, uh, online or not. I don't know if I sent a link to my mom. She may be watching. She may be not. So we're praying about it, and her and I were talking, and I was like, I have all these different things that I, that I feel God's saying to talk about. And she's like, son, you know. Always, a pastor talks about sin and how much he's against it, right? To go with that, go with that verse. So that's what I, was, I told her I was going to talk about, um, but but I'm not. Uh, I was praying. I was like, God, tell me what you want me to talk about, right? And at first, he was like, well, talk about my love letter that I've written for you. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, but also I'm faithful. And I'm like, you are, God. You are super faithful, Jesus. And then he's like, so why don't you trust in me? I'm like, okay, God. And I was like, so that's three things. Like, all I don't want to do tonight is I don't want to have a three-point sermon, and I don't want to use Greek, right? Those are the two things. Like, I want to leave that at school, and I don't want to bring that to you tonight. Uh, But unfortunately, I'm going to bring you a three-point sermon. Uh, Hopefully, I'll leave the Greek uh, at home, right? Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, So the sermon, or the title, may be longer than the whole sermon. If it is, bear with me. And if if the Holy Spirit moves and I got the gift of gab, well, then it may may go a little longer. So we're going to hope. Um. But I like to apply the, the 3B principle, right, which we talked about. So be, be brief, be brilliant, and be gone, right? And then that's kind of – so if I can do that tonight, that's what I hope – that's where I hope, hope we go. Uh, if Pastor, if you click to the next – he's running the train for me. <clears throat> All right, so basically I took the title, and I was like, God, these are the things you told me. So these are the three points we're going to talk on, right? So I'm going to give it to you up front. So if you take notes, you can write it down. Uh, I, always, I always get irritated when somebody – gives a whole sermon and then they get to the end and then there's the, the meat and the marrow right I'm like give me the meat and the marrow up front and then and then let me follow along so essentially we're going to get to I didn't want to come tonight and I didn't want to condemn anybody I didn't want anybody to feel like oh I've got to change the way I'm living because this is the core group of people you all know Christ you all are you all are already in him right so tonight all I would like to do is I feel the Holy Spirit saying you believe in me take it a little bit deeper Take it a little bit deeper and read it, get into my love letter and accept what I have for you, right? Because we are, and I say we, because I think there's about 7% of the kingdom of the body that are, that are equippers, right? Pastor is one of those. So if that's 7%, then there's like 93, I think that's public math, correct, right? Seven, 93. There's 93% of us are laborers, 
right? That's what I consider myself as, as a laborer in the kingdom. But yet we see so often, we see the pastor running the slides. We see the pastor running the music. We see the pastor doing all the things in the church. And I'm not just saying Jonathan, it, in other churches as well. They should be the equippers, right? And when you look at Matthew, what's in the Great Commission, right? He tells us to go and make disciples, right? And he tells us to, to teach and to baptize and to do these things. I think he was telling all the disciples, right? So if we're laborers for the kingdom, why aren't we making disciples? Why aren't we going deeper into Christ, right? And then, uh, so Marissa and I, it's, it's uh, I, I'm grateful, right? So this, uh, I'm a lucky man. We'll leave it at that. Anyways, uh, we, we just met too long ago, so we're still pretty new in our relationship, so I won't mention anything, but um, God is good, I, I, I do believe. Um, I lost my train of thought. So I said I wasn't going to look at her, so I wouldn't lose my train of thought. But if we're to be equippers, right, then we are to go deeper into the word. So the, we went to a banquet not too long ago, and I wasn't quite sure if I was going to talk about this or not uh, for time's sake because there's a lot I want to get into, and this isn't really part of the message. But at the, at the, the banquet, John Revere, Revere is right, that's the right name, he writes all these different books, and he talks about, like, being eternally focused. And, and he talked about the elementary, so in Hebrews, I think it's like chapter 6, he talks about the elementary teachings and foundations of Jesus, right? And one of those is, is eternal judgment. And so here I am, uh, I'm in a, a year into seminary, and I hear a guy talk about an elementary foundational teaching of Jesus, eternal judgment. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's going to be sinners and there's going to be Christians. You, you know, sin, Christians are going to go to heaven, sinners are going to go to hell. But it goes deeper, right? And then he goes into to 2 Corinthians, and then uh, what was the other one? It was in uh, John. I think it was in 2 John. And he talks about the, the, the judgment seat of Christ, right? So once sinners are gone and it's Christians, we're all going to one at a time stand in front of Christ, and he's going to say, here's your partial reward, here's your full reward, here's, well done, my faithful servant, here's, a, here's another jewel in your crown, right? Is that, is that, is that sound familiar with anybody? Is that, is that, so this, so he's preaching this, and he said it's an elementary foundational teaching. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, that's pretty, like, that's beyond just being saved, right? That's a little deep. It, in, in Hebrews, it tells you, it says it's an elementary foundation, along with laying the hands and healing the sick, Right? So those are elementary things that we as equippers consider to be a deeper message, right? We spend so much time talking about salvation and bringing people to Christ. What are we doing, right? The core group of people, the equippers in the kingdom, what are we doing? And so as a, as a, as a first-year seminary student, I was like, I was like, Lord, this, and, I, and I'm taking this quote because I don't ever come up with anything good on my own. I always just pull it from somebody else, right? But I said, the Bible is, is shallow enough, the word of God, the love letter from God is shallow enough that Sunday school kids can read it and get a message out of it but it's deep enough that theologians spend their entire life drowning in it right they spend their entire life examining scripture after scripture historically from a theological perspective from a comparison study of different things in the bible to a devotional study where you just bathe in the word of god so as equippers we should be doing that on our own personal level right so tonight all i felt god telling me uh in a three-point supposed to be quick and may end up being long we'll see how it goes right i'm not even started yet but uh to go deeper, for you personally in your heart to take your love letter from God and go as deep as you can possibly go. And as you do, you'll build your trust and, and you'll see how faithful of a God he is. That's, uh, we could close it up and go there. And that'd, that'd be that. But that's kind of the point and the aim that we're going to get to tonight. Um, so if we can do, uh, if we can roll to the next one. Uh, so as, as I'm going to talk about this slide real quick. But if you have your, your love letter or your sword, if you turn to Romans... Uh, chapter 
Yeah, so we're going to go chapter 5, 3 through, I think, about 5. All right. So before we, before we do, if we can go back one pastor to the – man, he's on it. That's awesome. So this is a – I don't know if you all can see this or not, if it's a little too small. So in the Army, we have what's called, like, uh, professional evaluation reports, performance evaluation reports, officer evaluation NCOs. I know in the Navy they have some. In, in other work jobs, you have – evaluations, right? My sister works at Walmart, and she's having to do these peer evals for the people that, that are underneath her, and uh, super proud of her, by the way. Like, God's blessing her and her and her job, and as she's moving up. She's like one of the youngest uh, social assistant managers at a Walmart in uh, Las Cruces, Mexico, so she's doing uh, phenomenal things. But you have to evaluate people, right? You have to evaluate people that work for you, people that are above you, you know, in your relationships. There, There's, whether you're, you're writing a performance eval, a report card, or you're just saying, hey, honey, I love you, like, there's they're, you know, you evaluate things that people do. Well, so if we can click to the next one. So out of all those attributes and competencies, ones that I really focused on and I had a mentor. In 2014, I was in Afghanistan, and uh, General Ndrzejczyk now, him and I sat down and we talked about my character and, and, and my achieving results as an officer and where I was going, right? He mentored me, and, and I owe him so much for that mentorship. And then shortly after, we were in Bagram, and there was a chaplain there giving a message, a young lieutenant. And, uh, and this is part, kind of part of my testimony, which maybe I'll share another time, but um, the Lord willing. Uh, I felt God tell me in that service. He's like, Drew, why aren't you doing that? Like, the chaplain was given this message, and we had just come back from mission. We're sitting there in the service. And he's like, Drew, why, don't, why aren't you delivering the word? And I'm like, okay, God, that's okay. You know, and that was 2014. I kind of put it on the back burner. 18, 19, felt God to lead me, and now here I am today, right? But, but at that time... Uh, this resonated with me, and I, I felt tonight was, was a good time to put it on there. So we'll, so we'll get, get to it. Uh, so there's character, and there's achieves uh, to get results, right? Um, so right there, yep, we'll hold, we'll hold right here for a second. So trusting in God. So what is trust, right? It, to trust something is to have firm belief in a character and the strength of the truth of someone or something, right? So it's somebody who has a, has a character of, of nobility or just a moral character, right, but also they, they get something done. They achieve some results. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, right, says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So what does it mean to, to trust in him? What, is, what does he mean through that? Um, so here we are. Let's go, let's go to Romans chapter 5. Uh, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Right? So that's kind of why I like uh, kind of the, the new international version again, because it helps me a little bit, right? So Paul talks about some things in there, right? He says, suffering, right? So we suffer. I'm going to hand this down to somebody that wants to, wants to suffer a little bit. So I'll let you hang on to that. All right? So su- suffering produces what? What, is, what, is, what, is it, what does it say there on the, on the first pass if we can go back to it? All right? Patience or perseverance, right? It's kind of something else, right? So I don't know why, but the Lord's saying there's a lot of suffering and perseverance going on in this home. So let's, let's keep no, I'm just kidding. I'm not saying that. Right? But then, so what does, what does patience create? So as you suffer through trials and tribulation, as you're patient through those, it creates what? Experience, right? And in that experience... It's how you build your character, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll build our character. 
And as you build your character, then what does God give you? He gives you hope. Right? So if we can go back, Pastor, to the, to the, to the trust slide. So Paul tells us to build our character and to get hope. Part of it is through, through suffering and through persevering, right? And through that, you, have, you can make a choice. You can say, hey, I want to do the right thing, or I want to do the wrong thing. In my past, I've done some of the wrong things, right? And it took me a while to get where I am here. I should, probably should have been here a lot sooner. Uh, but, I, but I didn't make the right choices through my suffering and my persevering, right? Um, this little screen right here likes to kind of go out on me, right? So character is the quality that makes a person different or makes a person set apart. So if your character is in Christ, that makes you set apart, right? And in Psalms 4, verse 3, the, day, the psalmist David said, The Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself, and the Lord will hear when I call upon him. The Lord sets godly people aside, and he hears them when they call, right? And it talks about in the New Testament, the, the power of a righteous person is, is effective, right? But how do you become a righteous person? By building your character through persevering, right? Through suffering. Keeping your eyes on Jesus when it's not going well, right? When your performance evaluation report is, is bottom 50%, well, God, I, I gave it my best. It wasn't good enough, but I'm going to keep persevering. I'm going to keep suffering through it, right? So I'm going to keep moving forward as I'm, I, th- I think the three points all should probably be their own sermon, but we'll just keep, we'll get, we'll get through some of them. <clears throat> all right, so let's talk about results for a second, right? What is it to achieve a result? I call it winning, Right, so up at Columbia, I'm the chaplain for the baseball team. And I tell them, I said, when are we going to start winning? Let's win, right, because uh, that's what champions do. And I tell them, I, I usually do the number one versus number two mentality, right? Number two's got to do something. Number two's got to go to church on Sunday morning. A number one gets to do something. A number one gets to come to church on Sunday night, right? There's a difference. When you start changing your vocabulary from I got to to I get to, it changes things, right? I got to suffer through this because that's what Paul says. I get to suffer, and I get to persevere because the Lord Jesus is in me, right? And I've got something greater coming. So everybody else, you don't know why I'm smiling while I'm suffering. That's, it doesn't mean everything's good. It doesn't mean you're okay and everything. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're worn, right? But there's a purpose for it, right? So achieving results. Successfully bring about by effort. Accomplish something. Follow through. So let's switch to 2 Peter. So if you have your, your love letter with you, jump to 2 Peter chapter 1, 5 through 8. say amen there's one there's two we do the anybody remember the sword drills oh so I I brought my guy this is kind of just a this is a praise report right here I'm gonna give you one uh, so I, we started doing a bible study on Wednesday nights and uh, I had two guys come into my apartment we were hanging out and I was praying I was like God like this is for you if, they, if you want this grow this right and Christian or one of the guys there member of the of, of uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, he, he was like, Drew, I want to get more guys here. Okay, brother, I'll cook food, you bring them. Went from 2 to 8 to 10 to 18. And I'm like, we got to find somewhere else. This apartment ain't working, right? And so we found somewhere else. But what we started doing at the beginning of it, um, the first time I put a $20 bill on the table, and I said, all right, we're going to do this thing called the sword drill. Nobody knew what I was talking about. I was like, whoever, it's like I got six verses. Whoever gets the most walks over that $20 bill. Well, shortly we had to quit doing the $20 bill, right, because that's, that's coming out of the pocket. That's too much. But... Uh, they, they became, a couple of the guys were like, Drew or Chad, we don't, we don't need the money. Like, we want, like, let's just do the sword drill, right? And so what God, like, enabled was they going through anxiety and different things. 
we found scriptures to match what they're struggling with, and those are what we sword drill with. Those are what we, we pull the love letter and the sword of the spirit that God gave us to fight the battle, right? The offensive weapon, what we learned this morning, right? And, and we're, they're looking up and they're battling their own problems through a letter from God, right? The spoken word that's alive and active, right? All right, so 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 5. And then I'm going to read it out of the New International Version as it's on the screen in the King James as well. So you can follow along and then we'll go from there. Uh, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. We see that word again. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, uh, mutual affection. And mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive, right? So as Peter writes, so we saw what Paul said in Romans on how to build our character and how to increase hope. Well, in Peter, right, we see that goodness, goodness, okay, well, we, can, we can hand, who, who needs some goodness in their life? Goodness produces knowledge, right? As we continue to reside in the word, as we continue to grow, as we continue to, to seek God, right? We increase our knowledge. And as you grow in knowledge, what do you learn? We learn some patience, right? We learn some self-control, right? Is this is this resonating? Is this okay? Is this are we are we we going all right? All right. So as we build our self-control, so as we're persevering, as we're shaping our character, as we increase our hope, right? As we're building our knowledge and our goodness of who we are, And as we're learning to be self-disciplined, what are we approaching? We're approaching godliness, right? Because God is what? He is on his holy hill, and he is righteous, right? We can't can't access God. He's like trying to go to the sun, right? If you get the closer you get to the sun, you're going to, the S-O-N in the sky, you're going to burn up, right? The closer you get to it. But if you're the same particles, if you're the same same gases of the S-O-N, you're going to be okay. Well, God is of different particles than us, right? We, we live in this three, four-dimensional world, and he is something greater than that, right? Um, so as we grow in godliness and closer to him, right, what do we get? Mutual affection, right? And mutual affection produces love, right? Now, as we grow in our love, right, as we grow in Christ, so now we're talking about, can we, Pastor, can we go back to the, to the line of trust? Right? So we, we're talking about, Paul shows us how to build your character, how to, how to be a righteous person, right? And God's showing us how to achieve results, being effective, right? And being productive, right? So now, men, this is something that I know, I know I'm, I'm about to be 34, so I, I still got a lot of learning to do, right? But, but I've, I've listened, I've listened to you, right? And, uh, and what I've heard is that if you're a man of character, if you're a man of nobility and you're living, or woman, and you're living godly, right, and you're doing these things that Paul and Peter are talking about, you start achieving results. You start producing spiritual fruit in your life, right? And as people see your character and as people see you achieving results, there's a line of trust that is built. And I asked the pastor, I was like, can we put character on this screen and can we put achieves results on this screen so that you all can see where the line of trust is built. 
right? That that's what connects to us. So there, but then there's there's a there's a, a mutual part, right? So there's us where we've got to build our character and we've got to achieve results. So in your relationship with your partner, if you have a, a partner that tells you, "Hey, I'm gonna be there, honey. I'm gonna do the right things," but then they show up late for dinner or they don't provide or they're not there, you can't trust them, right? Because they're telling you something but they're not following through. Well, if you got a guy that stands up here and looks good and he's getting things done and he sounds good, right? Pastor talked about the the, the two men re- repeating Psalms 23 this morning, right? If you're the actor and it sounds good and it looks good, but you don't have any character, you know behind the scenes when I go and take this coat off, it's a totally different lifestyle. Well, there's no trust there. There's no validity in what's being said, right? It takes both. Pastor, pastor walks a life humbly before God Monday through Saturday, right? And so that when he comes on Sunday, we all can trust the truth that's coming from him, right? Because he's in the word. In the same way, uh, as I, I'm going to try to get to here, God is a faithful God of a character that we can't even describe or understand. And he also achieves results. So just as we can sharpen ourselves to approach godliness, to imitate God, we're made in his likeness. So as we can try to grow our character and achieve results in him, right? As we are equipped, or we're laborers, right? There's 93% of us are the laborers. So that's what we should be doing to achieve results. But he also shows us with his love letter, which I'm going to continue to get to here uh, through that. Does that make sense? Is everybody with me so far? Okay. Sometimes I get away from the notes and I get scared. I forget something, right? But So I'll, I'll read this real quick. The link between character and achieving results builds trust, whether in a relationship, whether in work, whether if you're an employee and, you, and you're showing up on time, you're doing the right things, and you're getting the work done, you're going to build trust, and somebody's going to notice, right? A life of constant noble character and results will create trust. A life of questionable character and no results will ultimately result in a lack of trust, right? Uh, and so I tell the guys up in, uh, up, up in Columbia, it is way beyond simple goodness or talent that you can become an athlete or an athlete can become a champion of character, right? And this is a theme I try to throw with them is being a champion of character, right? It's, it's beyond just simple goodness, right? It is in the perseverance of life's sufferings that one continually shapes his or her character through a con- through continual repetition over time and a conscious choice. One builds their faith in the results of God. So as as we segue, and we, we'll kind of uh, is there is there another? I think there's like two more. Yeah, we'll go. We'll just leave that up there for a while. I think that's the last slide. So here we go. We're going to talk. So bullet point number one: trusting in God. Bullet point number two: He is a faithful God, right? So here I want to just briefly. And I'm going to kind of stick to the notes, and we'll try to push through this because there's a lot. I literally sat down, and I was like, all right, God. Well, first, let's, 2 Timothy 2, 11, 13. Let's, let's, let's turn there. 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13. And all the equippers in the body of Christ that have it, when you have it, say amen. It's always funny, amen, and then you still hear pages turning. I'm still turning through. I know. The only reason I got it is because I marked it, right? Like, that's I was looking for it earlier. I was like, Timothy, I know you're in there. Where are you, you know? After Romans, before Peter, I know you're in there. Uh, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abided faithful, he cannot deny himself. He is a faithful, faithful God. He cannot deny himself. It's not possible. He's like the particles of the sun in the sky, right? Like he's righteousness. You just can't deny that. That's what he is. Um, 
So if there's things God can't do, it's he can't be unfaithful, right? Um, his promises. Okay, so he is a God of faithful character, and he does get results. So as, a, as in seminary, I'm spending some time, I started in January in the Old Testament, right? I had to take Old Testament 1, I had to take Old Testament 2, now I'm in the Gospels. Uh, and then after this, I finish up in January 2022, I'll start Acts of the Revelations, right? Pray for me, y'all, because we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, as I went through the Old Testament, I'm not going to lie, I was reading more of the Bible than I've ever read in my entire life. I'm, I'm talking like, you ever sat down and tried to read like Job or Pro, Proverbs? You ever started to read Proverbs in like one night, two nights? Like, it don't happen, right? You're like, God, this, ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's good. That's good. But what ended up happening was I was reading so much, I started reading it like a textbook, right? And I was just like, all right, God, point out to me what you want me to know. I'm moving through this thing, right? And then you go through through the Torah, the Pentateuch, right? And then I got into the history books. And then after I read all the, the history, it's kind of, I like the history because a lot of battle and, and blood and guts. And anyways, um, then you get into the wisdom and the poetry literatures, right? And then you get into the prophets. So Old Testament 2, when you're getting into the prophets, like, I read every single one word for word. And I can, you can go through this thing and it's highlighted for days. Ask me one of them prophets and what's about them. And I'm like, let me look at my notes again, right? Because it's, I, I was so much information. I was just pouring it in, pouring it in. It's in here, and God's going to call it to my remembrance when I need it, but it's in there, right? And, and to, to, to some degree, I became spiritually dry going through the Old Testament because I was looking at it as a textbook. I was going through saying, oh, I need some spiritual healing. Let me find a scripture on spiritual. Oh, I need some motivation today. Let me find a scripture on motivation. I wasn't reading God's love letter and saying, God, what do you have for me? Talk to me. I was reading Let's get through this textbook. Let's knock through this stuff, right? As we go. And uh, so we'll push through. Uh, so as I, I'll tell you what, when I did go through the Old Testament, I prayed and I was like, God, I feel a little spiritually dry right now. Like I've, I've gotten through all this information. What was it about? And God reminded me about the character and the results. And he's like, hey, Drew, I think it was like St. Augustine that said, in the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and in the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed, right? And so as you read that, and I know when we did communion, I kind of talked about parallel in Isaiah to Ephesians. I was like, God, renewing me, creating me a desire to not read this like a textbook, but creating me a desire to, to just consume your word. If, it, if this is the bread, right, if this is alive and active, and this is your inspired, breathed word, God, let me absorb, let me, let me get in. What I realized in... I'll try to just push through a couple of these. I'm not going to do all of them. The Old Testament is the character of God, right? To me, I see the character of God in the Old Testament, right, of who he is. Um, so some examples real quick. So instantly in Genesis, the first chapter, right, we see a creator who gets results with only the command of his voice. And God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. A creator who is just through the sound of his voice, right? Genesis 12, uh, 2 through 3, right? We see the beautiful covenant between God and Abraham. There's a faithful promise from a God of character and the ethic uh, of who he is, right? That our human words can't describe. Like, you see God. He said, Abraham, go sacrifice your son. Are you serious, God? Yeah, okay. So he takes him up. He gets up there. And then all of a sudden, what happens? There's a ram in the bush, right? We talked about that. This see, when I was praying on the way to church this morning, I was like, God, if this is what you want me to speak, reveal it to me. And I'm telling you, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know, but listening to the word of God, this man is like, you, so many different ways of just seeing God say, you're on the right path, Drew, just keep doing it, right? Through things, just, you, you have no idea, but thank you. Just continue doing what you're doing, right? But as Abraham went up onto the mountain with, with Isaac, right, 
God provided a lamb. He said, Abraham, I see how faithful you are. I see what you're going to do. Hold your son, because I've got mine. And then you fast forward to Matthew, and then you fast forward to John, right? Everybody knows John 3.16, and before that, you know, John 14 and 15, right? Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, right? So shall the Son of Man be lifted up before you and spread, right? Because he told Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 12, hey, 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 hold, or a little bit, little bit later than 12, but he said, hold your son, and then some, some thousand years later we see him say, I've got my son for you, right? Like, I see a faithful God in that, that knew at the beginning what he was doing, right? Let's keep, let's, let's, I'll try to push through a couple more of these. Uh, in Exodus, right, Exodus 3, 13 through 14, Moses sees in his humanity, um, when, he's talk, when Moses is talking to God in the burning bush, he says, God, i got to go tell Pharaoh and the Israelites, who are you? Who are you? He said, I am the I am, right? It, we can't even comprehend that kind of character and that kind of faithfulness. Like, he just is. He's beyond length, width, height, and time, however other many dimensions there are. Like, we can't even describe that. Is it? If I, took, if I took one of those pieces of paper I handed, you, handed to you and I drew a stick figure on it, right, and that's us in a two-dimensional world, and then us in a three-dimensional world, you took your finger and shoved it through that piece of paper. If you're the two-dimensional stick figure, try to describe what that finger looks like. If I'm on this piece of paper, if I'm a stick figure and you shove your finger through this piece of paper and I'm looking at it like this, how can I even describe what that is? So here we are trying to describe God and his faithfulness and his character. I can't do it, right? I'm like, like I see it all throughout, but Lord, my works don't describe who you are, right? Um, so I guess there's examples in uh, Exodus, in Leviticus, uh, God called Moses and spoke to him out of the tabernacle of meeting. Out of the tent, he said, you know, here I am, come to my presence. God, in Leviticus, you see all these sacrifices and all the, the ways. It's a righteous God, wants to be with his people, but he... We can't go to him because we're not righteous. So he, throughout his faithfulness, and you see it all throughout the Old Testament, and I'm going to skip through the rest of these examples. I'll, I'll, I'll do one more in Deuteronomy, and then and we'll, and we'll keep pushing forward. He wants to be with us so badly, and he's like, he's a jealous God, right? But he doesn't need us, but he's so jealous, and he knows we need him. That's some, like, selfless, selfishly selfless inception, if that makes any sense, what I just said. Like, he knows that we need him. He doesn't need us, but we need him. And so what did he do? Not only did he send his son, but he wrote us a letter, a love letter, right? And he put it down. He breathed into it. Uh, in Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, Know therefore the Lord your God is God. He is the, the faithful God, keeping his covenant to love a thousand generations of those who love and keep his commandments. Is that not character? And then you fast forward to 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful who has called you into a fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Deuteronomy, there's, there's proclaiming of his faithfulness. And then in Corinthians, we see more of that faithfulness revealed. A God of character, and he's a God that gets results. And then, the, I mean, you could do it all the way through Joshua and Ruth, the whole story of Ruth, of her lineage, of how she even exists, right? And then how Jesse came out of that lineage. That's... I mean, we could go for days, right? In Isaiah, we see Yahweh is salvation. Jeremiah, Yahweh is exalted. In Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, right? In Ezekiel, Yahweh strengthens. In Daniel, we see sovereignty of the Lord. Uh, Hosea, Yahweh save. In Joel, Yahweh is God. In Micah 7, 18, who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives transgressions? the remnant of his inheritance. 
Habakkuk 3.18, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Zephaniah, the character of the Lord protects and restores. Zechariah, Yahweh remembers he will restore and rescue his people. The Lord faithfully holds to his promises, Malachi said in 4.4. Remember the law of my servant Moses and the decrees and the laws I gave him. Jesus is talking with Malachi, and he said, remember the laws I gave Moses? I'm st- I still remember those promises I gave him. Do you remember? I'm still there. He's just a God of character. He's always showing up. Always. His promises are faithful. He sticks to those promises. We can't imagine. There's, there's not words to describe this, the faithfulness and the character of God. Pastor, can we go back to the line of trust slide? I'm, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to illustrate through all of the Old Testament that we see this character of God, right? Is, is everybody kind of with me? We're kind of seeing, at least as you've experienced in your own life, the character and the ethic of who God is, right? So as we fast forward, not only is he a God of character, but he's a God who gets results. Let's look at Luke uh, 22, uh, Luke 7, verse 22, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 7. And I'm going to quote, uh, so I heard a quote this morning uh, from from a, from a famous author named uh, Brother Randy. And it says, open quote, it's about faith. If you look at the multiple examples, and he was referring to the Bible, it's about faith. If it's not, then these are just words. Think about that for a second. It's about the persevering to grow your hope, to grow closer to godliness, and it's the faith, or else these are just words. Right? So Luke 7 22. So he replied to the messengers and talking about Jesus was replying, telling him to go back to John the Baptist. Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. This is, so at the end, at the end of Malachi, you've got like, I think it's like well, from Isaiah to Ma- from Isaiah to Matthew, it's like 730 years or something like that, right? I think that if my if it's close, at the end of Malachi to Matthew is 400, but from Isaiah to Matthew, that's what it is. It's 730 plus years. So there's a prophecy 730 years later, Jesus is born, and then he is healing all kinds of people, casting demons, raising the dead, and showing the results. Right? And as you draw closer to Jesus, you see the Father through him. Right, He is showing the result in the New Testament revealed of the character of God in the Old Testament. We see it. Does that make sense? Is everybody with me? I know it's kind of, I'm just throwing, th- throwing a lot out there and we're trying to push through. But um, So that is from the love letter. My personal examples, and I'll share one. Uh, i got quite a few, but then, then I'm, we'll talk about. The results of God, and each one of you probably have your own story. Each one of you have your own things where you've seen the faithfulness and the character of God achieve results in your life, right? We saw it, we've seen it the last couple of Sundays through prayer and through healings, right? When, uh, when Jonathan and I were kids, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell any stories about him because it'll get me in trouble, but we'll save those for another time. When we, when we, when we were kids, I was about 14 years old, my little brother Ethan, uh, he's about one, one and a half. We were talking about this in the car on the way over here. So we were at Sunday school, or it was Sunday night service in Ridgeville. And my mom had some, the, the kids in the back. So I'm in the back with my mom and all the little kids are running around. Well, Ethan had this thing where if he would get upset, he would hold his breath, right? And he would, like, and you'd have to shake him and get him to breathe again. Well, he was running, running slash crawling, and they had a TV on one of those big uh, the metal stands. You, you know, the ones with the wheels. Oh, you know, roll this big old thing in there. And so I was in the corner. 
Well, Ethan's doing these laps, and he turns, and he runs right into that thing. Boom. Knocked him out cold. I was like, oh, he's just holding his breath again, Mom. You know, it's one of those things. So we're shaking him. I'm like, come on, Ethan. You know, I'm, I'm flipping him. I scoop my hands under him. He, he was lifeless. Like, he, he had nothing. There was nothing. It wasn't holding his breath. It wasn't like, oh, this, I'm upset. He knocked himself out, and not just cold. Like, he, he was dead. My little one-and-a-half-year-old brother holding in my hands. My mom goes to pray, and I'm, I'm like, I, I know he needs Jesus. That's the only thing, right? And it's like, I can't do it. It's not me. I'm, I'm just a man or, or at that time a boy. So I went to the back door, and I kicked it open. Brother Keith! Brother Keith! Did, I, did that happen or not, Jonathan? Brother Keith! Oh, Brother Kelly and Joey Usher up in the sound booth and calling 911. I come running down, and Brother Keith gave me this look as I'm coming running up to him. Andrew, why are you interrupting? You know, I could just kind of like see, and then he was like, no, you're not interrupting. He's like, God's interrupting, right? And he comes down. We came down here at the altar and started praying. Sister Melody come around and started putting, you know, doing a little CPR, which is different for kids. Apparently babies differently. Um, the church got up and started praying. And I, the little lifeless brother that I held, right, is now 20 years old living in New Mexico because we serve a faithful God. We serve a faithful God who promises from the beginning of time to us, right, that if we stay in him, that he'll be in us. And then he, he achieves results, right? He achieved results through his son being born, and he's achieving results today through, through the life. And, and I wrote down about four or five examples of his faithfulness through my life. And, and I think that we'll just leave it at that one. But the, he is a faithful God. And each one of you probably have a story of your own where you can see the results. So if that's the case, if he is a faithful God and he does get results, why are we as, as laborers allowing with just being com, just complacent? Why are we allowing to just sit here? Why are we not raising the dead? Why are we not laying hands and healing? Why are we not? These are elementary teachings or foundational teachings of Jesus, right? Is what we learn. Why are we not applying these? And instead, we're just, we're just worried about, okay, I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. I'm good, right? There's some scriptures, scriptures in John that say that's not enough, right? That's a sermon for another time. So as we as we try to close here, what do we say, Mama Carol? Is that what we did? Um, if we can, so we're on the love letter. You build trust by being a person of character and achieving results. We can do that in our own lives, in our relationships. Listen to the advice of Paul and the advice of Peter that God gave them, right? That breathed into them. We can also see through the Word of God that He is a God of character, a faithful character. Right, and he achieves results. So I haven't, I haven't written a letter to Marissa yet, right? I, I guess after tonight I have to. Right? It's kind of a, it's kind of a requirement. But I can imagine, and some of you probably have a shoebox at home with some letters from from an old high school flame or from your sweetheart or from wherever, right? And then when you think about troops overseas, I can't tell you how many times when I received a letter from somebody from from home, it just, it just increased inside of me right this love and this like this joy of there's something there there's another person that's waiting for me that cares for me right and then you think about the, the I think of the high school girl right that likes a boy so she writes a letter and she gets her perfume out and she sprays it on it right you get the lipstick out the cherry red or the whatever the the burgundy color lipsticks or the coolest ones I don't know apparently always you know and she gives it a kiss and then she sends it to the guy, and at school, he's like, yeah, thanks, appreciate it. But then when he gets home, it's like, 
mom, look, I got a letter from this girl. And how the excitement, right, the, the, just that's there. God did the same thing for us. Did he not? Did he not say, I need to breathe my word. Can we, can we go back to uh, 1 John? Right? And we know, we know in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God, right? The word was God. And this is something that, this may be elementary teaching too, but this is something that I've been pondering on. So in John 1, 1, the word was God. And then you drop down to 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So you're telling me before the beginning of time, Jesus had a plan. Throughout time, he made promises to fulfill that plan. He faithfully fulfilled the plan. There's still a little bit more going to happen, right? He's still going to come back for us. But then he breathed it into a love letter. He breathed it into words. And those words were made flesh. So not only is this a letter, not only is this a sword, but this is a, a conversation between us and Jesus. If Jesus was made flesh, right? If the word was made flesh, this is a conversation. So when you pray, and we also talked about this this morning, and I think you talked about it today in the sermon. When you pray and ask God for something, but you're not receiving an answer, well, have you allowed God to talk back to you? Have you read his letter? Have you spent time marinating and saturating? Oh, God, in the perfume that you sprayed on me for me, right? The love that you've given to me. Because what does Hebrews 4.12 tell us? It's alive and active, right? And then in, what is it in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16? It is breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, right? Some of those things. The closest we can get to God's righteousness right now in our lives Right? And this is, this is the last thing, and, and then we'll close. The closest thing we can do to get to his righteousness, to get to his holy hill right now as we are in our fleshly bodies, is to spend time with him. And when I was spiritually dry going through the Old Testament, looking at First and Second Samuel, like, God, what are you showing me? Why am I here? The character of God in the Old Testament and the results of him in the New beautifully display a love letter that us as equippers... If we're not in it, now I'm not talking about doing your morning devotions. I'm talking about like if the word doesn't resonate in your heart, and I know one of my problems is I, I don't remember scripture the way I'd like to remember. I'm a little intimidated by that, so I'm working through it. I found out that if you read a scripture and then you go and tell somebody, hey, what do you think about this or do you do this? It helps you remember it a little bit easier. So what I'm trying to do here is remember some scriptures myself, right? So I'm speaking to myself. But when I started, when God showed me, he said, hey, look, I'm a God of character. And I'm a God that gets results. And I wrote you a letter, Andrew. I wrote you a letter. Read it. We sung songs just at the beginning of this service about loving God. I've fallen in love with the creator of the universe. And the great thing is, is it's not a high school flame where I'm like, I'm in love with the, the, foot, the high school football jock or I'm in love with the prom queen. No, no, no. I'm in love with the creator of the universe. And he loves me back. He doesn't have to, but he loves me back. So all I wanted to do tonight was just come by and say, have you gone into your closet? Have you taken the old shoebox down off the top shelf, opened it up, dug through all the postcards? Have you pulled out that old love letter that God wrote for you? And, and, and tonight or, you know, in the future, tomorrow, when you start looking through that love letter, I know that I know that he's going he's gonna to be there 
you'll smell a sweet aroma. And, uh, and I thank you tonight for that. So if we'll all stand. bow our heads. Lord, we love you and we praise you, God. We thank you that tonight wasn't about coming, Lord, and, and, and shouting and running the aisles, Lord. It wasn't about laying hands. And it wasn't about just letting the Holy Spirit run wild, Father, that we know you, you can do and you have done many of times and you are faithful in that, Father, for that has a purpose. But tonight, Father, you just wanted to come by this morning in Sunday school, today in the service, in the, in the worship songs, and it just now. Somebody needs to know, God, that you wrote them a love letter and that you love them, Father. And we love you and we thank you for, for what you've done for us and for your faithfulness and your promises. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated just briefly for a moment. Can we uh, let Brother Andrew know how much we appreciated tonight his word uh, from the Lord? Uh, I can't ever let him preach again, though. He's got me in trouble. Because he said that um, after this message tonight that he guessed he's going to have to write a love letter to Marissa because that's just the right thing to do basically since he's preaching on it. I've been with Brianna a year and a half. I even bought a ring. I'm getting married in March and I've yet to write my letter. So I'm in trouble. Now I did, I did, I did write a Facebook message to her to say hi. So I don't know if that counts, but I didn't sit down and Put pen, it doesn't count. Yeah, so um, I hope you enjoyed it. This is your last time ever preaching. You're never doing that again. Uh, I am just I am just kidding. Um, no, I think you did a phenomenal job. Uh, before we dismiss, uh, there's one thing you did say that I think there would be, uh, well, everything was, was wonderful, but one thing that really resonated uh, was about the faithfulness of God. And I was thinking, you guys heard me talk about the homegoing service of Sister Huff that will be on Tuesday at 2 p.m. here at the church visitation at 1230 and we're providing food but I started thinking about the senior saints the faithful ones that keep going home all these folks pastors in our community that have passed away spiritual leaders seasoned saints like brother Marion's mother-in-law and his father a couple years back passed away I mean men and women of the faith if we could even be half of the caliber of people they were we're going to be a good and good standing with God one day Andrew was talking about his faithfulness. Uh, he said he wasn't going to tell any stories. Uh, that was kind of the prerequisite if he wanted to keep having the opportunity to preach, is not to tell stories of what I used to do before, uh, before I became the preacher. Uh, I was saved. I just was working out my salvation with fear and trembling. So I was getting there. Um, he was talking about the story of Ethan, who was the brother I went to, got stuck in uh, El Paso, Texas because of a uh, tornadoes in Dallas coming back from uh, his brother's graduation service. He's talking about the faithfulness of God. I just want to show you how God does things. So we obviously, we grew up as kids. His dad worked in the Border Patrol. They moved uh, I guess Andrew and them would have been around 15 or so about that time when they left uh, Ridgeville. Uh, Jordy uh, that comes to church here was, was childhood friends with us. In fact, Andrew and Jordy were next door neighbors that entire time. That's how we all came to know each other. They moved back to New Mexico and, uh, you know, you try to stay in touch, but, I mean, it, things fall through the wayside. But, but a few months prior to them leaving, we were having a church. We, we had an old pastel blue church van. <laughs> I mean, they don't even insure 15 passenger vans anymore. This looked like something that you wouldn't want to even drive. And we always were famous for going on outings and praying. But one Sunday night, I don't know why, but our church Sunday night was always the spirit move type church services. We were having church, and they were having prayer at the front. 
and that particular night, Andrew decided he wanted to come and be prayed for, and, you know, I was on the piano, and the pastor, my dad at the time was preaching, and everybody was doing the thing, but Andrew came. The altar call ended, but Andrew didn't leave. He was still praying. So my dad and a couple men at the church, although I'm still playing, doing my thing, they're praying. And at that particular time period, Andrew, at, at that point in life, those of you that are Pentecostal, you would understand this, this concept, he got a, a, a double dose, if you will, of the Holy Spirit in his life. And he was drunk in the Lord. It was so bad that we and his dad and my dad had to pick him up, put him in a car and drive him across the street because he couldn't walk. That's how bad it was. I mean, he looked like he had been hitting the bottle for years and he wasn't even eligible. He went home still drunk. Went to bed still praising the Lord. Got up the next morning still praising the Lord. And his mama, Mama Susie, was getting nervous by, I got to put him on a bus and this ain't good going to Timberland High School or Woodland, I think. It was Woodland High School. Putting him on a bus. Woodland won't understand this concept when he gets to school doing this kind of stuff. He stepped on the, as soon as his foot hit the, bottom pavement of the bus thing he was like immediately the Lord just let him release and years went by he ended up moving going off and if, if the Lord ever permits Andrew telling you his testimony there were ups and downs in the journey there were good days bad days in the military journey there were things he's proud of there's things that you know he wishes he could probably like all of us have done differently I remember I could take you the spot I was sitting in my driveway at the house that I was living in at the time. I hadn't heard from him in years. I didn't even know where he was at. I mean, I knew about where his family was. Mom and dad kept him with my family, but I didn't know. I got this weird phone call. I didn't recognize the number. I was like, I didn't answer that. That's some Texas number or whatever it was. I don't know this number. But I picked it up, and it was him. He said, look, we had past appreciation at my church, and I called your dad today and stuff like that about past appreciation. I just wanted to call and see how you were doing, and I, we... You know, started talking a little bit. And then shortly thereafter, you know, we kept in touch a little bit. And then about a year later, things, time evaporated again. No word. Andrew called back and he said, hey, um, I'm going to gonna come out in the military for a while. I think I, I I need to follow the calling of God in my life. See, what, he, what nobody knew is back then, way back then, when he was having that double portion, a bunch of people at that church, including his mom and daddy, all knew there was something different. Hey, people say it all the time. Andrew, we don't know what it is, but there's going to be something different about you. God's got a calling in your life. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. But all the way back then, people said he had a calling. And one thing led to another years later. I'm talking, you know, 13, 14, 15 years down the road. See, God don't forget what he said. We forget. God doesn't forget. And he called and said, he was, and, and he was headed to Fuller Seminary in California. He already had mapped it out. I said, Andrew, I said, you sure that's where you want to go? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And he was talking about what he wanted to do. I said, have you ever looked at CIU, Columbia International University? He said, oh, I don't know. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. I said, I met a man, Dr. Michael Langston, who's over the department there. And, and I just think you should at least talk to him. Give him a chance. He does chaplaincy work. and they do. Just give him a chance. So Andrew's like, all right, I'll call him, whatever. So I text and get the numbers. And I get Dr. Langston to be, you know, ready for his call. And Andrew called, and he begins to just talk to Dr. Langston. Dr. Langston said, tell me your story. Just tell me your background. This shows you how God's faithful. Still talking about what Andrew said about God's faithful. Now, Andrew may have forgotten the calling or things that were going on, but when he began to talk to Dr. Lang Dr. Langston, now you remember, he's going to California. He ain't, to he ain't coming to South Carolina. He's going to California, which he should have knew right there. That wasn't of God. That, that's not where you go. 
Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Get out of that. But he talked to Dr. Langston. And you know what happened? When he began to share his story, Dr. Langston began to open up his heart and share his story. And do you know, almost to the T, years earlier, Andrew and Dr. Langston walked the same road, did the same things, faced the same challenges, had the same struggles, had to overcome the same obstacles and battles, and had the same and he said, I need you at CIU and God orchestrated, the Bible says the steps of a good man or woman are ordered of the Lord brought them in unity and harmony and got him plugged in at CIU, see when God does something, he don't do it halfway, he does it right all the way, he fixes it, he does it the right way Brenda Frierson needed hearing, God didn't just let part of it get made, he just fixed the whole ear right then he didn't let Brother Barnes just partially be able to walk to his mailbox. He gave him extra strength, the spirit of Caleb, and let him walk around and clean a whole entire condominium that he's, he's selling. He even was able to gut a whole house, and he couldn't even walk the previous week. God does it right when he does it. A challenge to us today as we get ready to leave and we come back on Wednesday for Bible study and next Sunday is every one of us has a story like that. Now, we can all... Every one of us, we take enough self-inventory of ourselves, there's been times we can see the handprint of God that just kind of took his thumb and just sealed it with his word or with his presence. I said this morning in describing Sister Huff, and I've seen it with many other saints, there's just something when someone's ready to go home, there's a look they get. They just are ready. You just It's a look. I can't describe it, but they have this look. They're ready to go. It's like a peaceful look. They're, they're, not, they're just ready to go. You know why, you know who, and I didn't say it this morning because of the time, but I think I do know who came and got Sister Huff in that room that she saw when she was looking past us. And I think I do know who she was trying to mouth to or communicate with. Maybe you could say, well, she's trying to talk to you guys. But I'm not so sure she didn't see Jesus. And she finally was able to say, I'm ready to come home. Because those of you that have been married to the love of your life or those of you that have children or those of you that have grandchildren, Brother James, it's something when little Liam walks into the room and he says, Papa, or he's Pop, whatever he calls. When he walks into the room, it don't matter who else is called. It stops when Liam walks into the room. Game changer. I can ask, but Liam walks. It's a game changer when he walks into the room. I can go hunting with Brother Marion. I've not done it, but I could. I can do all that, but it ain't never going to be the same as when Brantley's sitting in that tree stand with you. Now, not that we wouldn't have a good time, but there's something about Brantley sitting in that stand with you, going through his safety things and praying mosquitoes away in the midst of a hunt. There's something about that moment. There's something about when Steel or Storm walk into a house, at Abu and Dee's house, and it don't matter how many people walk by, when they walk into the room, there's just something different about the room when it changes. Or Madison and a Colton. Or Jackson. Or whoever you're grandchild AJ whoever it may be there's something different in the room you know why because there's a love you have that you can't describe this is something about it we have the DNA of God you know God looks at us like that he looks down and he sees us meeting in moments like this or worshiping like something about him makes his heart swell and he just looks at us there's something different when we walk into the room and he sees us and you know as brother Andrew said but that's how we should be looking at him we go to and fro our destination this week. We should just have this look that when we pray, we're excited to talk to God today. I can love you. Brother Randy can love you. Brother Andrew can love you. This church can love you. But I can promise you, nobody ever loved you like he loved you. Thank you for telling us that story. If nobody else needs to be reminded, 
You know, my line of work, it's easy to get bogged down with the minutia of various things, paperwork and signing of checks and signing of reports and making sure all the bills are paid, making sure that we have heat so none of y'all freeze and get mad at me because I forgot to pay uh, Berkeley Electric Co-op for our bills this week. Even though I did save us $30 because I went and voted. So we did get a $30 discount. So uh, uh, God's providing for us even in that. So uh, we will be able to afford at least one more chicken dinner around here. Uh, that being said, no matter how much that I love you, nothing is as special as God. And I want to be reminded of that because when I stand behind you, I don't ever want to forget when I stand here. It don't matter how, I'm like the Apostle Paul. I may not come with persuasive of speech or eloquent of words. But I always want to preach Jesus so that everybody knows who he is. Sometimes even preachers need to be reminded. They do. I, I'll be the first thing. Sometimes we need to be reminded. All right, what are we here for? What is the goal we're trying to accomplish? Point them to Jesus. So, Andrew, thank you so much. I'm going to ask you to stand all over the house. Don't forget the uh, Christmas kids party, December the 11th. The 11 to 1, get that right. And also the church Christmas party, December 11th, from 5 until close, preferably before midnight because I'd like to go to bed, but, but starting at 5. Um, also, uh, don't forget we're still collecting for the shut-ins and the uh, OWL ministry Christmas bags. There are sheets in the back that have all the list of things we're wanting to collect uh, till December the 12th. We'll collect them till December the 12th. Um, a lot of people are sick today. We had a lot of people out today sick. And others, obviously, uh, connected to the uh, James and Huff family that were not here today because of that situation. So be praying for that family this week as they get ready to prepare for a home-going service just in a couple days. And also uh, pray for all our sick folk like Ms. Sybil and others who are, are not uh, able to be here. Brother Barnes, uh, his uh, sister's not doing well. Sister Barnes' brother has only got... You know, a few more days, possibly maybe a week left to live uh, with that situation. Um, just a lot going on in our church. But you know what? He's still good. He's still good. Amen? He's still good. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Marion, if he wouldn't mind tonight, to, play, to pray our benedictory prayer. Uh, I love you. Uh, if you can come back Wednesday night, we'd love to have you. If not, we'll see you on Sunday morning. Those watching online, God bless you uh, being here today. And immediately following Brother Marion's prayer, yeah, we're, I'm going to ask Brother Andrew while he is praying, if he would so kindly. Marissa, you don't have to do it. I won't put you on the spot yet. Uh, not to, to, you know, if, if one day you ever get married, now I'll make you do it, but not until then. But I'm going to ask Brother Andrew to go back there with us and shake hands because, you know, at the end of the day, he gets the paycheck tonight, so he's got to shake your hand. I don't. He does. He's the boss today, so he gets to do it tonight. So, uh, But just love on him for a few minutes and tell him how much that you appreciated his message tonight. But immediately following this prayer, consider yourself dismissed. God bless you tonight. Brother Marion.